Yes, people, it is Friday, which means it's the last chin check of the week, and we will be looking at some of the big things that have been happening in the sport of MMA. So, people, sit back and uh, yeah, let's start breaking this shit down. So the BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, they have come out with the announcement that they are going to be introducing a pension fund for their fighters. It's interesting, but it's not, right? Because... Not a lot of information has really been declared. You know, they just said, look, we're, we're doing this thing. But no amounts, right? No amounts have um, been put out there. You know, Dave Feldman, you know, he, he made an announcement. Said, our fighters are the most important asset of the company. Well, obviously, right? You know what I mean? I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Not anything profound there. We want to ensure that they are compensated not only on the night of the fight, but also looked after in retirement. For each BKFC fight, money will be placed in a pension account for them to draw on upon retirement. BKFC is the hottest, fastest growing and most exciting sport in the world and we want to ensure that our fighters are taken care of in every possible way. Hmm. So the deal is, right, the um the fighters you know, they will be able to uh you know Draw from these funds after they've retired from fighting or a minimum of five years after the promotion stops making contributions. Right, which I mean, that does kind of I mean, there's there's a lot there, right? There's a lot there because okay, so what would warrant the promotion stop making contributions. You know what I mean? Like, I think you need to explain. And also, when you you think about, you know, pensions that you get for, you know, the workplace, that's usually the um, the employer, you know, puts a certain percentage and you... Put a certain percentage in. Right? That's how it usually works. So, do fighters, you know, do they have to contribute a percentage of their, uh, you know, their purse? Right? 
is a, a certain amount taken from that? Or, you know, is there just an amount that is put in on their behalf? You know, like, we don't know, right? So, I think it's all well and good. You know, it's Feldman making these claims. But when you don't really know how much, it kind of is a bit irrelevant. Because, you know, the the pension that you get from an organisation, unless you've been there for a long-ass time, it's not really much. It's not groundbreaking money. You know what I mean? So I don't expect this to be, you know, anything crazy. And I think the the big thing is, right, so they're saying, like, this has been something that has been in the works for a while, and they've been thinking about it, but, right, it's only, right, it's only there for people fighting from BKFC 17, right, which takes place at the end of April, right, from that point onwards does it kick in, so you have to think, right, so all the fighters, all the fighters that basically got your promotion off the ground, you know, people like Chris Lieben, they're not getting anything, (laughs) And, and you think about some of those fighters that were in the fights that, you know, in this short period of time that people actually might be talking about. Like, Artem Lobov, Jason Knight. Yeah, I think they reportedly had a big fight. Right, so you you think about those fights. Because what other fights are people talking about when it comes to bare knuckle? It's not like every single card you're getting some fight. And it's just like, oh my god, did you see that? Like, did you see that fight? It was incredible. No one's saying that. But, right, the the what the fights that did do something, they're not they're not gonna benefit from this, which does seem a little bit eh, you know what I mean? Because it's not an old promotion. Right? If, if we're saying you know, oh shit, yeah, the, the promotion started back in, you know, two thousand. Right, so yeah, to to go back to those fighters that were in that very first car, like it, it's a bit difficult. But since the fact this is not very old at all, you think ah, you know, what I mean, benefiting those fighters, it'd be a simpler thing. Also, um, they're saying that this only you know deals with people that sign to multi-fight deals. Hmm. Multi-fight deals. And again, you wonder, okay, so what would classify as a multi-fight deal? Is, is that two? Like, is it, are we saying anything more than one? Or would more than three be classified as a multi-fight? You know what I mean? I think there's a, there's a few things here... That definitely need to be clarified.
right? There's definitely a few things that need to be clarified to make this, you know, more than just a, uh, you know, a posturing exercise. But, you know, if Feldman can, you know, put up numbers and say, oh, this is what's going to be happening, then, yeah, it will be an interesting thing to uh, to look at, and it'll be a nice thing for them to do. But, yeah, I think we need to know a little bit more. You know what I mean? A little bit more. So it would seem that Jake Paul... And Ben Askram isn't the only boxing fight that will be taking place with an ex-MMA fighter. I mean, also, yes, Frank Mir is on the Askram card. But it has been announced that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is um, making his return to the boxing ring. And his opponent will be the Spider. That's correct, people. Anderson Silva. Um, which is an interesting one. Right now, Silva, he has boxed before. Right? He's currently got a 1-1 record. You know, and he did often make reference to, you know, the hope of boxing. Like when... Um, you know, Connor was fighting Mayweather. You know, Silva was talking about, you know, oh, I'd like to box. You know, he'd all, often talk about uh, Roy Jones Jr. as an opponent. But, um, yeah, turns out Julio Cervez Jr. will be that opponent. Now, so the fight is taking place in Mexico on the 19th of June. Right, um, yeah, at an event being called Tribute to the Kings, which, you know, we'll see Chavez's dad, you know, make his return to the ring. Um, yeah, Julio Cesar Chavez will be fighting Hector Camacho Jr. Um, actually, I don't know. What Camacho Jr. is like. But the, you know, with Silva being 45, right? You, you do look and think, I don't know about boxing, right? I don't know about boxing, especially, you know, the, the fact he, he, like, he was stopped in his last fight. You know, he stopped, Uriah Hall stopped him. And, it, yes, he, he wasn't looking that bad in the fight. But he got stopped. And I think he got stopped with, like, a punch that maybe wouldn't have done the same thing to him while, um you know, he was in the prime, right? So, yeah, it does make you wonder a little bit. I will say, um, going up against Chavez Jr., it's not the worst, because I think we have seen a a bit of a lack of hunger from Jr., 
you know, in his fights. I remember the last fight he had, he was doing okay. He was doing okay, but he then just retired, right? It was a bit of an odd call. It was a bit of an odd one, and you do wonder, right? He is a fighter that it does... Now, listen, I might be wrong, but it does seem that if things aren't necessarily going his way, he does seem to lose interest, right, and there's definitely been fights where he has coasted, so I I don't think it's one of those fights where Silva has to fear, you know, someone looking to completely fuck him up, right, it's not one of those, he's not going in against a wrecking machine, you know, a Beast, someone that will be just looking to decapitate him. It's not one of those situations which definitely that's good, right? That is definitely a good thing. But Chavez Jr., he is very skillful, right? Which is one of the oddest things about his career. He's very skillful, yeah, he can put it all together. It's just his motivation is one to be questioned. So this is a fight that he does need to show up for. He does need a good performance, especially after his last one. So you do think, oh, how is this going to go? Right? And with Silva, he's got good hands. Silva has got good hands. But we have seen an erosion of his chin. So, um, yeah, again, it's it's an interesting situation. You know, because we get to see if either, if either have anything really left in the tank. But, yes, it, it's, it is a situation where you kind of think, okay... Silver probably, I mean, on paper, he shouldn't win this fight. He shouldn't win. But it's not one that I would say that you have to fear him in. You know, like Frank Mir against, um, you know, uh, is it Antonio Tarver? He was meant to be fighting, right? So that was a fight where you were like, ugh. I mean, he's old now. But still, that's not a great fight. Because he was heavy-handed back in the day. Right, but so luckily it's not that. But uh yeah, it's an interesting call, right? Interesting call. And I do wonder how many people are actually interested. You know, what kind of chatter, what kind of buzz will this fight pull? Whereas I do think that um, people had lost a little faith in Chavez Jr. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there is that. But having the return of Chavez Sr., I mean, that will probably be the thing that drives the card. But, yeah, <sighs> we will see what the spider can do on uh, the 19th of June.
So would the PFL, Professional Fighters League, starting on uh, the 23rd of April, they've announced a few rule changes, right? So, um, I mean, not too many, right? Just a few, but kind of noticeable, right? So I think one big one is the fact that the quarterfinals have been scrapped. Yeah, it's now going to go straight into the semifinals, which is an interesting one, right? I, I, I do wonder why. Yeah, I mean, especially after, I mean, you know, missing the 2020 season and everything like that. You'd think, you know, let's get as much out of this as we can, you know. But, yeah, they, they've uh, made those changes, you know. But it is what it is. Now, the other thing is they put a bit of an emphasis on missing weight. Now, I think in previous, you know, years, missing weight, it wasn't something you wanted to do, right? Because you didn't earn any points, right? And that's huge when you think of, you know, the format which the PFL implements, right? So if you win a fight, you get three points, right? And then there's the opportunity to get bonus points. So how do bonus points work? If you win via the first round, you get three points. Second round, two. Third round, one. And if the fight is a draw, both fighters receive one point. So, um, yeah, that's how it works. So when you are looking at, you know, not many fights, right? There will be six cards, right? Six cards in this season. So, you, you know, that's not that many, really, when you think about it. So, you really want a maximum points, right? And that was the same, you know, in previous years. So, to, you know, not, you know, not get any points... That was pretty big. You know, so you'd think that's a huge enough deterrent. But uh, no. What they have decided to do now. If you miss weight. You lose a point. Yeah. That, that, that's the, um, that is the new situation. Right? So um, I, yeah. I definitely feel that. Uh, you know. That's going to. Pretty much ensure people definitely don't, but yeah, you did kind of feel that people, you know, the, the, the fact that you weren't making points, that was pretty huge in in itself, right? But yeah, that's their new, um, that's a new situation. I would be, yeah, I tried to find out, but you know, it would be curious to find to see how many people actually missed weight. Now, I, I do 
think there's one or two, but I don't, I don't know, as far as I'm aware, it wasn't like it was a consistent issue, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I, it'd be interesting what prompted them to, uh, you know, make that change, but, uh, yeah, that is the new situation now, with, um, yeah, this current season of the PFL, so uh, we'll, we'll see, um, we'll see how it all plays out, right, it will be interesting also to see what, um, you know, what the athletes themselves think of this situation, right, now, I was wondering if they were going to implement, you know, a, a, a weight check system like one championships or something like that but uh no it doesn't seem like they are but yeah i i think um yeah i think this is definitely worth monitoring to see uh to see how it impacts this season right if no one misses weight then yeah i think that paid off but then like you do look at it and you think, okay, their first card is April the 23rd, right? And people have known that for a while. So if anyone misses weight for, you know, those first few cards, right, you do have to kind of wonder what was their commitment, right? What was their goddamn commitment for this in the first place? So, yeah, we... We will see, people. We will see. So, yes, as mentioned, it uh, kicks off on the 23rd of April at the Ocean Casino Resort. And the last event of the regular season is the 25th of June. So, uh, yeah, that's the PFL people. So, people... We have now started the Venom era. That is correct. The Reebok deal has come to its completion. And um, UFC uniforms and fight gear will now be made by uh, Venom. Right? The, um, the Combat Sports April. April? April? Hmm. I don't know what you would call it, but they've been in the game for for a goddamn while, right? They've been around for a while, and now, yes, they have, um, yeah, signed a deal. And part of that deal is, uh, you know, pay for the fighters, right? So, um, you know, as we know, with the Reebok one, it depended on how many fights you had with the promotion. So... Uh, the, the the compensation figures are up And this is the new deal Right, so One to three fights Warrants you $4,000 Four to five Is $4,500 Six to ten Is $6,000 Eleven to fifteen is 11,000 16 to 20 is 16 21 plus 
and you're making 21, right? So there's that. Now, if you're challenging for a belt, you you jump up to 32, and if you are a champion, you get 42, which this isn't bad, because you think about everything that went down, you know, last year, with late-minute fights and dropouts and everything like that, fighters, you know, being able to fight multiple times if they wanted, there's a lot of people that are, um, you know, either on that four to five, or they're just about, or just gone into the six to ten, right, so six grand, that's not bad, it's not bad at all, right, and, uh, yeah, you just have to be, probably, if you think, you know, join the promotion, you can fight three times in a year, you know, and then the next one is four or five, right, so two more fights, make an extra, but then you you hit six, and you're on the thing, so, I think it, it's not going to take technically that long for people to jump into that six grand bracket, right? And then, um, yeah, we'll see. There's, there's a lot of fighters that, yeah, definitely will be on the 11 or very close to bringing home the 11 grand, which isn't bad at all, right? I do, because... I do think this is a pretty decent thing Because I do remember Right, now people want to complain About the whole sponsorship deal And all of that But there were So many stories back in the day About fighters Never getting the money From sponsors Or if they did get the money from sponsors It was a fraction Of what they were meant to be paid So uh, I, I do like the idea of all of this, you know, and I think there's, there is a slight bump from, uh, you know, the previous Reebok deal, so, uh, yeah, you know, definitely a good look for fighters, and, uh, yeah, I wonder what else this new situation will bring, we will, uh, yeah, we will, you know, see what happens, right? See what happens. And it'll be interesting to see what these new kits look like, right? So uh, roll on the 10th of April, people. There's been a lot of fighters of late, and you have had to wonder, what are they looking for, right? What? Is their current motivation You know Because until You know The Masvidal Usman fight Was confirmed You were wondering Okay What is Masvidal What's he want What's he looking for Right You know There was a lot of people That were Free You know Had no fight scheduled but every time, you, you know, someone put forth a meaningful 
you know, fight for them, they just seem to scoff at it. And listen, it's not a matter of being scared, right? I don't think anyone is actually scared of fighting anyone. But, you know, it, it's this whole, well, I deserve a title shot. Because everyone's coming off losses, right? So you're just like, okay, what what are you expecting, right? What are you expecting? And one of those fighters is Colby Covington, right? Colby Covington. Because he lost to Usman. Usman put him out in the fifth round. You know, and Usman was winning that fight, right? It, it listen. It wasn't a shutout by any means. You know, it was a hard fought fight, but Usman was winning the fight, even if he hadn't have knocked out Kobe in the fifth. Usman was winning that fight. You know what I mean? So. For Covington to think, oh, I get an automatic rematch, eh, is that it was a tough call, right? It was one of those ones you'd be like, I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that, right? But, yeah, like, it, I don't know. It, it seemed that he wasn't looking to... um to do anything in the meantime, which, it was an odd, you know, it was an odd one, you're thinking, but how come, <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing here, what, what, what is happening, I don't quite understand, so, um, you know, he did fight Tyrone Woodley, Right, he did fight Woodley in between. Mm. No, not in between. That's the wrong thing, right? Afterwards, he fought Woodley after his Usman fight. Right, he did finally come back. He did that fight, uh, UFC two fifty five, two fifty three, and he looked very good. There's no doubt he looked very good, but. Yeah, you did think, all right, probably one more, right? One more, because there are fights to be made. But, yeah, he didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it, which, um, yeah, was an odd one. And now he has come out saying he's going to serve as the backup fighter for um, Usman Masvidal, right? Which is an odd one. Right, so he he tells the um shmomo, the shmomo, the shmo, hmm, something like that, right? You know, with the funky glasses. He tells him that he's going to, uh, you know, go and serve as the backup guy, right? He's gonna go down to that fight because he's like, oh, it's in Florida. It's only a few hours away from me, right? So I'm gonna go. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to monitor the situation. I'm going to do all of this, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> these aren't normal times, right? So even with 
you know, audiences back in the arenas, potentially, it, it still doesn't mean there won't be checks. There's going to be COVID protocols still, right? So, uh, you can't just turn up, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, unless the UFC officially declare Covington as a backup fighter, all of this is just talk, right? All of this is just bluster. And we've seen a lot of bluster from Covington. But th- this means nothing. Here, because, yeah, unless he gets those credentials, unless he gets that clearance, he's not even stepping forth into the arena, right? So he, he can set up his own scales outside, Right? He can sit outside and watch the fight on his phone. You know, maybe bring a tablet or a laptop, but he won't be going in the arena. So, uh, yeah, it does. It does make you wonder, right? What's going on in Covington's head? Now, I'd thought if this is really what you want, surely. Right, you make that call, right? You call up the UFC, you know, and you say, hey, I, I'd love to serve as a backup, right? Put me in. I'll uh, I'll do what I need to do, right? I've been training, so I'm ready. You know, so yeah, put me as a backup. So you'd think he would do that. So then when you're making these claims in an interview, it's actually got some legitimacy about it. But now, again, one thing that is interesting about, you know, when people start making all of these claims, you know, because he's like, oh, yeah, I've been training, right? Haven't stopped training. Been in the gym, I'm doing my thing, I'm ready. Which then does make you think, okay, if this is the case, right, if you've been training, right, if you've not fallen out of shape, then wouldn't you have been ready to fight Edwards the other month? Yeah, it was, that seemed to be a fight that was on the cards. That seemed to be a fight that people were hoping to make. But Covington didn't want to take the fight, right? Like, oh, I don't, it's too short notice. I don't have enough time to train. But he has said in this interview that he's been training. So, again, it does make you wonder about people's motivations, right? Because you can't have been training, right? If you're making the claim, oh, yeah, I haven't stopped training. I've been training. But then, you know, previously you said, oh, I don't have enough time to train. So what is it? What's it going to be? Or if... After this fight, you know, say Masvidal does drop out, right? And Covington steps in, but again, Usman wins. Then Covington's like, wow, I took the fight on short notice, right? I didn't have that much time to train. So, you know, is is that what this is? You know what I mean? 
Like, oh, I'll take the fight and I'll take that, you know, I'll take that uh, 32 grand from Venom for uh, challenging for the belt and all those other bonuses and, you know, little ads on. But, you know, if I lose, it's, it's because I didn't have enough time. Does make you wonder, right? Does make you wonder, you know what do um what do some people actually really, really want? You know, do they want to be champions or do they want to be, you know, the tough guy that doesn't, you know, have to actually do a lot? Yes. So a fight that seemed to come out of nowhere, right, was the announcement that at UFC 262, Nate Diaz is going to be fighting Leon Edwards in the co-main event. I mean, that's huge, right? A lot of people wondered, what is next for Leon? You know, after the fight against Bilal, you know, which just ah, didn't go, you know, to plan, right? Leon had a great first round. You know, I think everyone can agree he won that first round pretty, pretty convincingly. But it was the first of five. So who knows what could happen? Did Leon have, you know, the, the stamina, was his conditioning on point to go to full five, right? Would Balao make necessary changes? No, who knows what's going to happen. But, beginning of the second, the eye poke stopped everything. Now, there was people that thought instant rematch. You know, which you could definitely see decide for that. But, Leon was just like... I think I should just get a title shot, which, I mean, a, a, a title shot was always a little bit of a stretch, you know, for a fight that didn't actually finish in a win, right? I think a title is always a stretch, but a a higher-ranked opponent, you could understand the thinking for that, because it, it was only by chance that he was fighting Bilal in the first place, but still, at that point, no one knew what was going to happen, because all the potential people, like Covington, that, that just didn't seem to be going anywhere, for a minute you thought, oh, maybe Masvidal, but then when Masvidal was announced to be fighting Usman, it was a case of who the fuck would Leon fight, right? If if it's not a rematch with Bilal, who's Leon going to fight? So when we find out all of a sudden Leon is fighting Nate, it was just like, oh shit, okay, interesting. Because I do believe Nate had originally turned down the opportunity for this fight. So, um, yeah, we we get the fight, right? 
we get to fight people. So that's huge. Then we find out, right, if that's not enough, right, we find out that it will be the first ever five-round co-main event in UFC history, which, <laughs> huge, right? It's a huge one. Now, I there's always been that conversation about should co-main events, you know, should they be upped in their their roundage? And um, yeah, you know, I I I do feel it is one of those things where you're like, yeah, I think that it makes sense, right? Definitely makes sense because. I think, you know, a co-main event is a lot of the time you're getting people ready. It's that next step, right? You 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 go from the prelims to the main card. Then you get into a co-main event. Then you get into a main. It's the progression. So you do kind of feel, okay, in that progression, shouldn't there be an up of rounds? Right, because going from three to five—that's a—that's a jump. That is a big jump for people, and we have definitely seen in the past some people the stamina does take a little bit of a hit, right? Because they're not used to, you know, exerting so much over twenty-five minutes. You know, fifteen minutes has always been. The ceiling for them So there was that thing, right? So what do you do, right? What do you do? Now, I always wondered, right? Oh, in theory, right? As it's not quite the main Do you go four rounds? You know? Like that could be a thing, right? Go four rounds But If You know, you go two, two rounds apiece that then makes it a little tricky. But then do you do what they um, do in glory? Right? So there is the option for a fifth. You know? So technically, the co-main event would be four rounds. And if after the fourth round, it's a draw, you go an extra round. I mean, that would add excitement. Wouldn't it? That that would be kind of fun to do that, right? But no, that's that's not what was decided. We're getting five. We're getting five. And hey, I'm definitely down for it. I have no issue whatsoever. Um now this fight it does come, I think it's three weeks. Right, three weeks after UFC 261, where Usman will be, you know, having his rematch with Masvidal. So you do kind of think this is a well-placed fight. You know, if Edwards does win the fight, and it seems that, you know, on um, the betting lines, he is the favourite. So if... Edwards does win the fight It does, you know Seem that it would be Well placed to fight the winner Of um, Usman Masvidal 
though, if Masvidal was to win, you do kind of think, do you then get the trilogy? Right? Uh, I don't know. Right, now, you can definitely see Usman would... I think Usman would warrant it, but it's like, do we want to see it right away? Yeah, I mean, do we want to see it right away? Usman hasn't been someone that necessarily fights three times a year. So, you know, you, you do wonder, would there be another fight maybe in December? Like, who knows? Right, but I think if Usman wins, I think Edwards, if he won, that does make sense for those two to to go at it. Yeah, I think it does fit for the calendar. But what does it mean for Diaz? You know, what does that mean for Diaz if he wins? I, it's an interesting one, right? Because Diaz, he is coming off a loss, right? Is coming a loss off a loss to Mastodal. So would a win over Leon mean okay? He he now gets a title fight. It makes it a little tricky because there is. Covington there, there are a few other people, Wonderboy, you know, so you do kind of think, if Diaz won, should Diaz fight, you know, Covington or Wonderboy, you know, someone along them lines, to see if they get the next crack, right, but I think it would put Diaz in a, a, a good situation, would put him in a good situation moving forward. But yeah, we haven't seen uh, Diaz since November 2019. Yeah, so um, be interesting to see how he's going to be. But with, you know, Nate coming back, something that you did wonder about, right? It is something that you did think, is that going to happen? It now does make the prospect of Nick's return a bit more, you know, believable. Because we'd heard it, but there'd been nothing, right? There'd been no in, real indications of that. And as there was be, no real indications of this fight, does make you wonder, okay, with Nate returning... Does that mean we get to see Nick in there anytime soon? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting indeed. But yeah, UFC 262, Leon Edwards against Nate Diaz. Who you got, people? Who you got? So, John Jones, John Bone Jones, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Will he be getting that Francis Ngannou fight, right? Who the fuck knows? So, you know, UFC 260 went down, was great. 
and in the post in the post fight conference seemed to um really just make everything crazy right so after the fight you know um yeah because we had Rogan interview Francis and already John Jones had tweeted right already he'd sent out a couple of tweets right and you kind of thought okay all right John you know what I mean? like what are you uh, what are you looking at man what are your thoughts, right? Because he, what he put out there, show me the money, which, I, I mean, it, it, it's always one of those things where it's just like, I don't know, man, well, what are you saying here, right? What, what, what's actually going on? Like, what does that mean? I mean, it, it, it's never really... You know, the best response You know, and um, John was like Oh, I feel disrespected I feel disrespected It's a huge slap in the face But you just like You you listen to what was said <laughs> You listen to what was said And it was just like Yo, John Calm the fuck down Right, you're not being disrespected. Everyone understands you're the goat. Everyone has said that, right? A, a comment was made. You know what I mean, well, <laughs> if I was John, I'd jump down to to middleweight, right? That's just saying that was a scary performance from Francis, which it was, right? For the the improvement Francis had made from that first fight with Stipe to this one, it was there. It was evident, right? So that's what was getting said. Now, there's plenty of ways you can respond. I wouldn't say John responded in the right way, right? Yeah, yeah John just seemed to go ballistic for no, no real reason. You know, there, there was plenty of ways John should have looked at that, which was the thing, right? Make the phone call. But Dana said, listen, if John really wants to fight, make the call. Right? He's not saying John doesn't want the fight. But right, you can say, listen, yes, I've made I've made I'm I'm making this jump. I'm doing this thing. But that's not quite the same as going, okay, so what's uh, what's the paperwork situation? Can we draw up a contract, right? What are we saying right now? Now that's a that's a whole big thing, and it was like, look, it was all laid out. You know, the the way to progress was laid out. Make a phone call, make a phone call, and this is your fight. It wasn't a case of, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Maybe he gets it. Maybe he doesn't. Blah, blah, blah. Right? They said, listen, Derek Lewis, he is the next in line. Right? And Derek Lewis is the next in line. He's the next heavyweight who has rolled off the, the relevant number of wins to warrant that fight. That is a fact. But... John Jones 
can jump into the mix, just as he says he wants to. So you'd think, right, instead of show me the money, you just, you would have made that phone call. Be like, um, you know, or put my contract in the post. You know, just something, right? Send an image of your signature. You know, you, you, something to say, listen, this is my, I want this fight. So after all of that, after all of that, you do think, okay, so did John make the call? Did he make the call? <sighs> it's an interesting one, right? Because we did get a tweet. We did get a tweet from John. You know, he just said, I just had a great dinner and the best conversation I've had with Dana and a very long time. We got the deal done. Date to be announced soon. Right? So, you were like, mm, this could be a thing, right? It could be a thing, but it was on April the 1st, and idiots do do April Fools. So, it's like, is it an April Fools, or is it not? Who knows? But, you know, technically, it would fit, right? It would fit with the timelines and the things that have been said. You know, because he was saying, listen, I am waiting for a conversation with the UFC. So this would be that conversation. Right? So John had said, right, he came out and said, listen, I've, I've had an initial talk. With the UFC lawyer. And um, I just want them to be aware. Anything around 8 and 10 million. Isn't going to be enough. Which again. You're like John. What are you doing? Right. Firstly. Do you really want to talk about money. On social media. It does seem like it's a weird way to do the thing. Right? And an offer hasn't even been made. Right? So this is the right? I, you kind of feel if an offer had been made, right? It, it, if they made this offer and it really wasn't a great one, yeah, you, you could talk. But as an offer hasn't been made, but you straight away are coming out with the negativity, it seems it seems a weird Thing to do, there's like, listen, everyone asked, right? You you speak to a number of fighters, and they're like, I no, listen, we understand, we understand John wanting to get paid for the fight. No one that no one is saying, nah, John don't deserve the money. John should go fuck himself. But yeah, I I do feel people do feel, I don't know really what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing here, you know, because it's a weird way to broker a deal, you're like shooting it down before it's actually been done, it was, it's the equivalent of like Curtis Blades when he came out and said, oh, I don't think John, you know, I don't think John should, I don't think he warrants a fight with me, right, which was a bit like, 
Curtis, what are you doing? Right? If if you were to get out of a fight with John Jones, that's a huge fight for you. So why would you kind of shut it down even before it's been offered? It's a dumb move. So John Jones, some of the things he said don't make any sense. But you do feel this is it is a huge fight. It's a fight that's you know would definitely bring people out. Right? It definitely bring people out to see this huge collision. Right? Because you just remember when everyone thought John Jones was gonna fight Rumble Johnson. You know, Rumble was knocking everyone out. And it was the anticipation of what is going to happen. What's going to happen? So this, that fight didn't happen, right? But this is, it's the same. But the one big difference, kind of Phil Francis punches harder than Rumble, right? That's the thing, you think Francis punches harder than Rumble, which is scary. It is a scary fucking fool. So, you know, there is definitely anticipation there. So when John says, oh, loads of people are talking about this fight. Yes, loads of people are talking about this fight, right? But in that, in that, you do go and that makes it evident that you're going to be making money, right? Because remember, John will be getting pay-per-view points, so, if this is a huge record-breaking pay-per-view, John's getting paid, right? John's getting paid. So, a lot of this talk on money, you think, wait, what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? Shouldn't you be, you know, talking that in the room? Right, working out the contract, working out what percentage of pay-per-view points you get, right? That should be the thing. Instead of these weird Twitter tirades. So, yes. No one knows right now, right? No one knows, but you do kind of feel, come the 10th of April, right? Because there's going to be a press conference you know, after the fight, as there always is, you, you you kind of feel, if we haven't heard anything by then, I think something's going to get said. Because you know that question will be asked. So, yeah, John Jones, Francis Ngannou. Is that the next heavyweight fight? Hmm? Is that the next heavyweight fight? Now, I, I, before we stop on this, I will point out, right, so, when John was like, oh, 8 to 10 is not enough, Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis chimed in and said, shit, I'll take the fight for that, right, and I, Luke Thomas did come out and say, this is why people don't get paid good money, and you do have to kind of look at that and go, Hold on, right? Because that's good money, right? That's good money. 
Like, Derek ain't earned that money before. Right? Now, John wanting more than that, you go, okay, well, he's the lightest, so, so the youngest UFC champion. Right? He has reigned for a decade. So you think, okay, with with that pedigree, yes, you, you understand why he will want more. But for someone making their first defense, not even the first defense, having their, you know, I mean, it would be Derek's second crack at the belt. But you think, hey, that's, listen, let's not front. That's not bullshit money, right? So, yeah, I do think for Luke to be like, oh, you know, this is why people don't make, I mean, like, look, you have to, you have to understand people's circumstances, right, and you have to understand, that is a lot of money, you know what I mean, that is a lot of money, right, it, it just, you know, potentially isn't quite what John wants when you put it against his, you know, record, that's all that is, but yeah, eight to ten million. Hey, <laughs> I wouldn't scoff at that. You know what I mean? But then, I ain't got the record that John Jones has. You know what I mean? So hey, I think this is—it's an interesting situation. I think it's a fight that will get made. We're just waiting to find out when, right? So definitely a case of watching this. Space. So with Bellator making their well finally, you know what I mean? Finally making their debut for 2021. They had their weigh-ins, right? Had the weigh-ins the other day. So um we lost the fight, right? So it is now going to be a 12 fight card. And, um, yeah, a few fighters did miss weight. But the title fight is still a go, right? Which is, I mean, it's definitely important because the title fight is also the semi-final for their featherweight Grand Prix. So, yes, that is all good. Both fighters hit the mark. So, Patricio Pitbull, he comes in at 144.1 pounds. And Emmanuel Sanchez, 144.5 pounds. So, yes, everything is good with that. Now, the co-main event, again, both fighters were good, right? Naaman Gracie, he came in... On the mark, 170. Jason Jackson, he's 170.9. So, um, yes, he's very good. Like, at least, you know, I think they are probably, um, you know, two of the biggest fights on this card. So, uh, yeah, definitely a good look um, that everything went well with that. Now... And said uh, a few fighters did unfortunately miss weight, right? So, um, 
yeah, with those, right, so we had uh, Fabio Agura, Roman Falaudo, and Mukmamad Berkmamov, they all missed weight, yeah, not, not the best, right, not the best situation at all, and, um, it would seem because of that, that is the one of the fights that we've lost, right? So, um, Mukmamed Berkamov, he came in at so it's a welterweight fight, right? Um, and Berkamov, he came in at 173.8, yeah, so that is 2.8 pounds over the mark. Right, because it's a non-championship fight, so you had a pound either way, right? So he could have been 171, and he would have been good. But yeah, 173.8. His opponent Herman Teredo, he was fine, right? He came in at 169.5. So um, I think probably because of the the difference in weight. Right, it's all to do with percentages, right? And I think certain, um, you know, commissions work a little bit different. So yeah, that fight is off. Now, Fabio Agura, he was fighting at middleweight, and um, yeah, he came in two point. No, actually, 1.7 over, right? So, he weighed 187.7, right? So, he could have been 186, but, yeah, he's over. His opponent, Khalid Muratilev, he was fine. He's 183.6, so, yeah, he made weight, and... um, then we had a Roman Faralado, right? So he was fighting at welterweight uh, against Trevor Good. Now Good, he was cool. He hit 170, and Falado just missed, oh, like point one. Right, that's all. He missed by point one, which is. He's a little crazy. You're like, didn't he hit the sauna? Because it's it's point one. You'd think you'd sweat that out. So he uh, he came in right at 171.1, right? So he could have been 171 and fine. So yeah, it's just a point one, which does make you wonder. Right, it really does. Now, I don't know if he came in even heavier, went away for an hour, and came back at that. But if he just weighed in at that, I'm like, yo, hit the sauna, son. Like, what are you doing? You know, he's is a weird one. He's a real weird one. That, um, but yeah. So those are the situations. Now all the other fighters were good, 
Right, so, um, you know, in the one of the big heavyweight fights on the card, Terrell Fortune, he came in at 251.2. And Jack May, who's a bit of a late replacement, he came in at 264.3. Now, uh, making his debut for the promotion is Usman Nurmagomedov. So he came in 155.2. His opponent, Mike Hamill, he came in 155. You know, so uh, yeah, all was good on that front. Right, so um, essentially, you know, the main card, the main card was fine. You know, I mean, the main card, everyone, everyone's on point, really. Uh, Roger, Roger Herta, you know, he's, um, yeah, he's fighting back at Bellator, um, I, I can't remember, I think he's fought at one recently, but yeah, he's fighting at Bellator, now, the interesting thing, there's Bellator, they do a lot of these catchweight fights, right, so this is a 160 pound catchweight, I'm surprised Bellator just don't open up a cruiserweight division, because the amount of fights that they held at 160, it is a bit of a regular thing. Right, so um Herter, he came in at 159.4, and his opponent, Chris Gonzalez, he's 159.2. So uh, yeah, I think those are our yeah, though th- I think they're the most you know, telling weights on the card, but yeah, everything is now set, it's a 12 fight card, and um, we will see what happens, so this is, um, yeah, their first card as part of their new deal in the UK with the BBC, where it will be showing a BBC iPlayer, so uh, yeah, very curious to see what the promotion is, like, what the production is for this, so, yeah, gonna tune into that uh, later on, uh, I was gonna say later this evening, but it's probably more like um early tomorrow morning, <laughs> but, uh, yes, that is the Bellator weigh-ins. Okay, people, so it is that time again. We've reached the end of another episode. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see um, some of those big friggin' stories, right? So we've had a few, well, a couple of dropouts, right? So unfortunately, Hannah Goldie, she's not able to make her fight against Jessica Penne on the 17th of April. But all isn't a complete loss, right? Because Lupita Gudens has stepped in, right? And um, if you don't know Gudens, well, you missed her sensational victory in the LFA to pick up their strawweight championship, 
you know, the uh, Canadian athlete, oh, Canadian Mexican athlete, she's, uh, yeah, she's tough as nails, man. So, um, this will be an interesting one, right? Because Penne, she ain't no joke, right? So, uh, yeah, we will see what she has on the 17th of April. Um, also, on the 1st of May, TJ Alami, he was scheduled to fight Damon Jackson, but unfortunately, Alami has had to step out of that fight. And um, as of right now, they're looking for a replacement so Jackson can stay on the card. Um, another new signee. Because, yeah, it's not just Gudens who um, UFC have just signed. They've also picked up Wolverine. Yes, a Yila Yilana Shah. Right, he's joined the lightweight ranks. He is currently 19 and 6 on a two fight win streak. And, um, yeah, that's not all as well, people, because a fighter who has been, oh man, kicking serious booty over an Invicta. Yeah, UFC have just signed Erin Blanchfield. She's 21 and whew, so much skill. So much skill. Now, she was actually scheduled to fight for the vacant, um, yeah, the vacant belt, right? She was meant to be fighting for that vacant belt against uh, Pearl Gonzalez. Right, it was meant to happen in, oh, I want to say December last year, but uh, Pearl got COVID and it got rescheduled. So, um, yeah, she skips that and just comes to the big show. Now, it is a short notice fight, right? So she's fighting um, Norma Dumont on the 10th of April because Bay Malaki unfortunately got injured. And um, it is also at a slightly heavier weight class. You know, Blanchfield, she's normally a flyweight, but this is going to be a bantamweight fight. But, yeah, Blanchfield, mad skill, mad skill. And, um, you know, one of her training partners, Gillian DeCozy, she let everyone know, hey, it might be a, um, a slightly heavier weight class, but Blanchfield ain't no joke. And um, she'll be just fine. You know what I mean? So, on the 5th of June, we are getting a good fight. Right, so um, Claudio Pelez. Right, he's just re-upped his UFC contract, signed a new four-fight deal, and the first fight of that deal will be against the Monkey King himself, Jordan Lavitz. So, uh, man, this is a good, good fight, people. Uh, then the following week on the 19th, we had... Actually, that's not the following week, is it? No, two weeks later, the 19th, Aleska Kuma will be fighting Nikalu Nigumamaru. 
Um, and on the 26th of June, Michelle Pereiras is fighting Shavat Rakamov, who currently unbeaten and has looked pretty sensational in his UFC fights. So, um, people, that is it. But, yeah, looking forward to um, the fights, right? We got Icon and Bellator tonight. So, um, yeah. Oh, one interesting thing which seemed to come out of nowhere. Mike Goldberg, he's been let go by Bellator. Yeah, interesting um, situation. They've, uh, yeah, decided to, um, you know, go with a different announcing team going forward, right? Yeah, like, it's definitely an odd situation. I, I would have expected, you know, Goldberg would have stayed with the organisation. But, um, yeah, they're, they're sticking with Mario Ronaldo, John McCarthy, Jen Brown, Josh Thompson, and they've added A.G. McKee to their... Uh, announcing team but um you know Goldberg he's definitely got talents so we'll see where he goes from here but people that is us we're done and we will be back on Monday to recap the weekend's happenings till then people but peace Wait the doctor feed. Wanna wave the pistol and send this a quick. Watch me so I can breathe.